amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. What's up, guys? You're listening to Wide Open Radio, the nation's number one motorcycle talk radio show, with your hosts, Courtney Lambert and Dave Withrow. Hear real talk discussions about the latest custom motorcycle news and events. Now grab a drink and have a seat, because we're about to get started. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Wide Open Radio. We have a great show for you tonight, and I'm excited to get started. Uh, Just so you guys know, we have new advertisers and new sponsors that we're going to be kind of unveiling to you guys over the next few weeks. A lot of you guys already know that Raw Edge is a part of Wide Open Radio now, and uh, we're excited to have them on board. So you'll hear us talk a lot about them in the near future, and we're going to have some new commercials and things like that to, to bring to you guys. So that should be a lot of fun to learn more about them uh, since they are strictly a custom paint shop. So uh, you guys have heard us talk with TJ before. We actually, on the last episode, spoke with TJ for a little bit, and uh, we'll have them back soon. So keep your ears open for Raw Edge Custom Motorcycle Paint Shop. Uh, tonight we have, like I said, an awesome show. I've, I've been wanting to ask tonight's feature guest to come on for a while, and I just Never have done it. And finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask him. And he was pretty excited about it, I think. So uh, we'll have Christmas from Misfit Industries on in just a few minutes. But uh, first, I want to tell you guys how excited I was to see the turnout in Daytona for Kaylee's ride. You guys who are a part of the Big Wheel Bagger Parts and Builder Review page, you know how hard all the guys worked on that, not just, uh, I know Aaron and Phil really worked hard starting that, and then a lot of people jumped in and really put their hands in and helped uh, with donations and time and uh, labor and all kinds of things. So it was awesome to see everything come to fruition and see all of the bikes lined up ready to go. Um, It was funny because we kept making the comments. We were like, this looks like a big wheel bagger show here, you know, with all the bikes getting ready to leave. So It was a very successful event, and we hope that every time it happens, it's going to grow and grow. So I want you guys to all pay if we're in an area where you will be. Uh, I know the next stop for the the giveaway bike is going to be Arizona, which is next week. So that will be pretty cool. If you guys are in the area, make sure you uh, make it out to Arizona Bike Week. Uh, Lots of fun out there. That is definitely one of my favorite events, and it's also one of the biggest, baddest bagger shows. So if you guys have not had a chance to experience that in the past, uh, it's almost one of a kind because there are so many big-name builders out there, and they bring their A-game, guys. You walk around the Baddest Bagger show there, and you're just constantly taking in different elements of builds that you've probably not seen before, different levels of fabrication. Uh, The paint game is completely on point. So it's a lot of fun to experience that show, and you guys know that I always make sure to post lots of pictures and videos from that while I'm out there. So uh, we'll be bringing you all kinds of information from Arizona Bike Week next week. Back to Daytona, though, 
Um, I want to say thank you to everybody that put on all of the big shows out there. There's so many shows in Daytona, not just Baddest Bagger, but you also have, you know, the show at Cabbage Patch and the Boardwalk and the Speedway. Uh, our friends at Full Throttle Magazine put on a really nice show at the Speedway. This is their second one. They did one in October for the fall rally, Biketoberfest, and uh, followed it up this year for 75th anniversary with their second one out at the Speedway, and they killed it. It was a lot of fun getting out there, seeing a lot of familiar faces, uh, awesome bikes. Like I said, again, the craftsmanship was craftsmanship was completely on point, and um, it's a whole other level. Um, 115 motorcycles registered at Baddest Bagger in Daytona. Unbelievable. If you guys have not seen the photos from that, you've got to check it out because it, the pavilion was busting at the scenes. There were just so many bikes there. And, again, the talent, I mean, you know, the gentleman uh, who won his bike was something that a lot of people have not seen or, or seen out on the scene that much. And uh, it was definitely something different. So it was a lot of fun to see all levels of talent out there, uh, from mild to extremely radical. And uh, I think Arizona is really going to be a good follow-up to it. So we've got that coming up. And then, uh, of course, after that, for any locals here in Florida, we have Leesburg Bike Fest coming up, which is a huge event here. Um, Most people outside of Florida, it feels like, haven't really heard of, of, of Leesburg Bike Fest. Um, it is a huge event. They draw probably about 200,000 people. Uh, it's a three-day event. I believe it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, if I remember correctly. And um, I'll be out there for all three days. Uh, there's some big events going on at the Harley dealership there. And then the main rally is actually downtown, and they have all the streets shut off. So it's really a big party, and it's, it's a lot of fun. They bring a lot of big vendors. There's a rap toll show there. Uh, I'm not sure if they're doing a bagger show this year. They tried to do one last year, and it was a huge flop. So uh, we'll see if they're able to put anything together between now and then. But Leesburg is four weeks away, I think, three or four weeks away. So we're getting really, really close. And you guys can get all of the updates on Leesburg Bike Fest, Arizona Bike Week, and any other events coming up on our Wide Open Radio Facebook page or on our website, which is wideopenradioshow.com. Um, so that's pretty much all of the events that I wanted to touch on really quickly. Uh, I want to leave as much time as possible for Chris. So I want to go ahead and bring him on. If you guys are listening again, uh, we're welcoming Chris Moose from Misfit Industries. Chris, how are you doing tonight? It would probably help if I turned your microphone on. How about that? You there, Chris? That would be way better, actually. (laughs) I'm doing great. How are you? (laughs) Good, good. I'm excited to have you on. I told you that I've, every time I see you post something, I'm like, man, I should really have him on. And then I don't think about it for a while, and then you post something again, and I'm like, ugh, call him. So um, I told you before, I'm a huge fan of your work. I think that your fabrication is completely on point. I love watching everything that you do, and uh, you're constantly stepping the game up and showing people some different stuff uh, in the industry. So I want to kind of start out first with you telling us a little bit about how you got into fabrication from the very beginning, if you don't mind doing that. Well, as far as fabrication from the very beginning, it really came a long time ago. And really just experimenting with cars, trucks, and stuff like that. And, you know, you just get to where you want to do more. 
So you don't want to pay somebody because when you're growing up, you're broke. You know, you're struggling with your your job making small coin, and you're just really in, enthusiastic as hell, but you just can't afford it. So you just get together with friends, and that's where it all starts. But, um, you know, I didn't come from the bike world. I'm a hot rod builder uh, by trade, and I just okay. happened to be in the right place at the right time about four years ago. And Chris had moved up from Houston and mm-hmm. decided that he wanted to get his start up here in North Texas. And so we became familiar with each other because we were positioned across from each other. I actually moved out of uh, manufacturing and back into hot rod building full time about five years ago. And that's when I met Chris. And about four years ago, he needed help full time. I came on board and, you know, it's it's something that was an introduction for me for motorcycles, but I'll never leave it. I mean, it's a part of me for life now. So I just, uh, I've always worked to upgrade my tool bounty. So uh, not necessarily with Chris did I enter that way, but I've always done that wherever I took a position. I wanted to learn more. And so I always went somewhere where tools and equipment were available and more advanced than what I was doing already. And so that's kind of the progression of who I am and where I've come from. Very cool. I love hearing that you come from a hot rod background um, because a lot of people, a lot of our listeners and a lot of people in motorcycles, period, grew up around hot rods. Um, I especially did. So um, that's a big part of my background as well. And it's funny because I have conversations with people all the time about scary it is thinking about 50 years from now whenever we're old people and wondering if the young people are going to be able to carry on that trade, you know? Well, there's definitely a resurgence in uh, trades industries, especially with uh, craftsmen. And I think that social media has really played a huge part of that because people see what other people are doing with their tools, equipment, the creativity in their hands. And they're like, oh, my goodness, I can make that or something like that. And so I think it's really good feeding tool for all of us to see what each other's doing and, and, you know, trying to be as creative as possible to contribute. Definitely. That's a good point. I I didn't really think about that so much as far as social media feeding into that. So hopefully that'll be our saving grace because whenever I was into classic car sales, we had that conversation very often and we would have young kids come in and they didn't know the first thing about old cars or how they worked. They didn't know the, the words to use or anything. And it was really pretty scary listening to them. So you're right though. There's a lot of, a lot of different outlets on social media, so hopefully it keeps the interest alive. Now, Well, and, and genu- genuinely, too, I think it has to do with the responsibility of us to make sure that we're encouraging people constantly, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. Definitely, definitely. And I do think that people like yourself who have that talent, um, I appreciate, and I'm sure a lot of other people do also, that you share that like you do. You know, even if it's just with photos or videos or whatever, you know, a lot of people are very secretive about what they do and don't want to show off their work because they don't want to give off any of their secrets or anything. But um, I really appreciate, you don't have to give up your secrets to show what you're doing, you know, and and it really does keep the interest alive. So I really appreciate that. Um, well, and I grew up kind of learning just looking uh-huh. at magazines and pictures, and so that's where I got that information. So, I mean, it carries on. It's just in our hands now. Yeah, totally. Um, now, for those of you listening, uh, whenever Chris was talking about meeting Chris, um, you're referring to Chris Eater. Chris Eater, the founder of Misfit Industries. 
Um, business has okay. been in business longer than I've been involved. And um, Chris stepped out of the role that I I possess now, and by me coming on board, allowed us as a business to grow and develop and turn into who we are today because he needed to allow somebody to fill his shoes so that he could become the business person that has helped us grow into the entity that we are today. Okay. And that's really interesting. Can you explain to us a little bit about the roles that that you guys both hold within the company? Chris and I initially uh, were by ourselves. I mean, he was by himself completely. And I just was the guy walking across the street to borrow the mill in the lathe. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just, just like a little give and take. He was like, hey, I need to use your lathe. And he was like, yeah, um, can you give me a hand with this? And so it was just one of those friendships that developed over time, you know, give and take, give and take. And, you know, his his role within the company as, uh, you know, the founder and, and our, our uh, president of our company is to make sure that the decisions that we make moving forward continue to grow and develop the business so that we can provide the parts and the relationships with the people that we do on the business level. And my job within the company is to, uh, I prototype, design, and develop the majority of our products in cooperation with either Chris or other people within our business because we have two mechanics, two painters, we have Chris, and then we have shipping and receiving, and we have some office help as well. But um, as big as a business as we seem to be from the outside, we're a really nice small group of people with real high accountability. So when it comes to products and what we're going to be doing in the future, sometimes it's just walking by each other. We just say, hey, man, I had this idea. And <laughs> even if it's just a two-second conversation, it may get bounced off each other for five or ten minutes or you know, a week or two, and then all of a sudden it evolves into something like, you know, we did for Geico. So um, sometimes those ideas take years to develop, and then it just happens one day, and you're like, oh, it's here, you know? Yeah, no, and I I definitely, we're going to talk about the whole Geico deal later because that's something that's fresh on everybody's minds, and we've been seeing that a lot. Um, before we get that far into what you guys are doing, can you tell me a little bit about the progression of the company? Like, how did you guys start and how did you get to be where you are now? Because you guys are almost an everyday name within all of the Facebook groups and within the big shops and things like that. So you're very well known. Um, obviously, you didn't start out that way, though. So how did the company grow to be what it is? Well, it had to do with the reestablishment of the company here in North Texas. Um, Chris had his mindset when he relocated to North Texas from Houston that he was very interested in focusing on parts and doing what we could do in order to develop the right. At, at that time, before I was even involved, he was already in the ball game of let me get my parts line established, let me get everything moving forward so we can take care of the things that make money on the backside so we can do the fun things that we like to do. And that mm-hmm. was definitely his goal from, from the start. And uh, he he moved up into an 800-square-foot shop. When, wow. And this is four and a half years ago. Wow. And currently I stand in a 30,000-square-foot shop four years later. And nice. it's because you know what, Chris? we've really focused on those relationships. Yeah, 
clearly. And I, I really like that you mentioned that because there's been a lot of times on the show, I don't know if you've heard before, uh, we talk about that a lot of times because a lot of people have this perception of these big names they hear and they assume that they are all in these 30,000 square foot shops. And a lot of them aren't, a lot of them are still in 800, 1200, 2000 square foot shops. So to hear that you guys were there just four years ago, hopefully gives a little bit of encouragement to people who are at that level right now. It's all possible. And, and that's, there, there's the motto that we have is uh, we do shit right because we do it twice. And everybody's <laughs> like, oh, so you mean you like mess it up and you fix it? And no, the reality is is that Chris and I have made a constant promise to each other and to what we do as a business and with our partners that when we approach something, you have to take in mind that custom is cool, but manufacturing is key. And so what mm-hmm. we can do to develop something that's interesting and then turn it into something that's a produced, manufactured item with repetitiveness that, you know, we purvey our quality and our integrity, we want to make sure that that's what we establish our business on. So it, it it's a struggle. I mean, growing pains hurt, but you have yeah. to have the right people in place and be very willing to take high risks and work like there's no tomorrow in order to make it. It doesn't happen easy. I mean, people look at companies like us and they think, oh, there's 40 employees and you guys have (laughs) like all the most amazing things in the world. And we have what we have because we worked really hard for it. We've come from nothing. And you only get where you're going with hard work and being on top of what you do something, you commit, you do it, you're honest, you're up front and you hold your clients and your customers as high as you hold yourself and you move forward with the integrity that people will carry you for the duration. Yeah. And, you know, we've had this conversation a lot on the show also that customer service in our industry, unfortunately, is very lacking um, right alongside with quality (laughs) of, manufacturing and things like that. So whenever a company can get both of those things right, um, it's definitely, it says something for the hope of of the industry because, you know, there are still companies out there that really put their focus towards both of those things, which is very important. Um, Really quickly, Chris, I want to mention to anyone listening, if you're on hold right now and you have a question for Chris, if you'll press one on your phone so I'll know that you have a question. And just to explain that to our listeners, um, if you call the call-in number, you can do that just to listen to the show because a lot of people like to listen from their phone. So I have a ton of callers right now. Uh, so the way that you can let me know if you have a question for Chris or myself is just press one on your phone, and that will give me a little hand in the air to let me know that uh, I can bring you on air and talk to you. Um, so Moving along, uh, as far as manufacturing and things like that, can you tell us, Chris, a little bit about how you guys got started in the parts game? Because a lot of us know that, you know, nine times out of ten, the builders out there aren't making their money on custom builds. Um, Everybody at some point realizes, or most people at some point realize that the most likely way for you to be successful in the industry is to get into parts and things like that. So uh, did you guys always have a line of parts or did you develop those as you went along? Chris has had parts as long as he's been in business for the most part. Misfit Industries as a whole has always,
always carried itself a little bit with the parts line that it had produced. And um, once you develop and you grow as a business, you find this SD for other things that fit what you're doing that's cool and new. And sometimes when you're doing cool and new, you realize that that's cool enough that other people want it too. And so you have to look judiciously at what it is that you're making and decide what the viability of that product is within the industry. And if you think the price point is something that it can bear, then obviously you look at it and you say, okay, this can be manufactured for this amount of money. We can make this money. It's acceptable for the market. There's a lot of interest in it. Let's go ahead and you know, invest in that, and that's where we'll put our money. But as we move forward, every time we build a custom build, every single time, you look at every bike we built for the last four years that's been Keystone Misfit Industries, what I'm going to call Misfit Fleet Vehicles, because we keep Mm -hmm. them. Um, We always put a product behind it because we feel that that's important, that we can build something fun and custom, but, man, there's got to be something that's retail dollar on that bike that we make. And so even right. like RP, RP3, the bike we built for the hot bike tour last year, <clears throat> uh, we came out with our new, brand new ambush series of uh, footboards, foot pegs, um, you know, our shift rod, all this stuff that was just, you know, standard accessory type item, uh, bag latches. And we said, you know, this has got to happen because it fits the build. Um, we made sure that we looked at what that investment would take us to produce just like anybody else. And we mm-hmm. decided that, that was perfect platform to market it on. So marketing behind the product really helps too. If you build something that we know is really visible, we're going to go ahead and try to put product on it so that we can obviously have that carried through and, and make it viable as a product line. Right. And I, I right. come from a manufacturing background, so that was the big interest in Chris too is that um, he knew that I have that manufacturing background. So when it comes to problem solving, you could say, hey, there's this negative spot here. What do we do with it? And boom, there's an idea, and then it starts to flourish, and we bounce it off each other, and we decide exactly what it's going to be, and we make it happen. Okay. Now, whenever you have those ideas, are are you guys having a talk, and then you go back and create a prototype, and you guys go from there, or is it more detailed yes. than that? <laughs> it, 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 the conversation is just, you know, sometimes a line sketch where we just talk about it when we point our fingers in the air and we laugh at each other with googly eyes and like monkeys <laughs> come out of the walls and start throwing stuff together and it happens. No, I mean, realistically, um, I do a lot of solid works and a lot of CAD work. And so um, I do some of our hard product design and then we have uh, machining centers in a couple different states that assist us in our manufacturing. And so I relate those things to them, and I'm like, here's the magic I want to have, and they're like, here's the reality, and so we find that give and take, you know, I'm like, but this is really cool, and they're like, but this is real, so I'm like, okay, so there's the compromise there, but we we do that, and, you know, there's a lot of things we have in-house that um, we do to prototype individual components here inside the shop, so when it comes to body components and sheet metal components, um, a lot of those can be done here in the shop. And then a lot of it, like our brand new, uh, steel saddlebag, side covers, rear fenders, all that stuff's done on the computer. So we okay. look at the models, design it all in SolidWorks, create tooling for all of it, and then produce it from there. So, I mean, there's a little bit of hands-on and a lot of computer sometimes in what we do. Yeah. Now, since you brought that up, the, the saddlebags and all that, can you kind of go over, um, not necessarily mentioning every single thing, but 
as much as you can pull off the top of your head. Can you kind of go over your product line and tell everybody just an overview of what you guys offer? Um, we offer, obviously, like a lot of companies, we offer handlebars. Uh, we offer a lot of uh, accessory foot control, hand control. We have, uh, you know, our own line of grips. We offer a couple different variations of nacelle. And because we offer uh, the utility patented Misfit Slip Fit Short Neck product, we mm-hmm. do offer a full line of body products that accommodate our short neck products. So we have outer fairings for your 2013 and down street glide, 2014 up street glide, the nacelle with and without gauges. We have uh, a couple different lines of, like I said, our footboards and latches and stuff like that. And then our mm-hmm. body products in the rear, we have our steel side covers, steel saddlebags, and a fender to accommodate that as well. So we have that along with our own triple trees, and I have some nice little switches for your handlebars and just a bunch of little doodads. They're all available on our website, MisfitMadeMotorcycles.com. Um, okay. Every day I come up with a new idea. Some of them are little, some of them are big. All right. Well, so my next question is this. Not all of our listeners are familiar with Big Wheel Baggers. Um, we have a lot of listeners that don't care about big wheel baggers. They don't know anything about them. Uh, that's not their thing. Um, that's okay. But we do have a lot of people who are big wheel bagger fans. Saying that to say, will you go back and explain to the people who aren't big wheel bagger people, who aren't putting the 30s and the 32s, 26s, whatever, on their bikes, will you explain to them what your slip neck is and why you guys came up with that and, and how it works? The uh, Misfit Industries Slip Fit Short Neck was something we decided was a necessity because we had a client that had a road glide and he wanted to build a lay frame bike and it was just fairing up in your face and even after we notched Mm -hmm. it, it was just way too high. So what the Slip Fit Short Neck does and what it is, it is a uh, weldment that you get fully assembled and it comes with laser-cut templates that fit on your frame in factory locations that dictate an exact cut location. When you place the neck on your bike and it is welded, <clears throat> it will give you, in combination with the trees that are particular for 26 or 30 inch, that it will place your steering geometry back to stock trail with your 26 or 30 inch wheel. And those are available for uh, bikes 2008 and di- down as a, a particular model that we have, and then 2009 and newer is a totally different model. But <clears throat> the neck is approximately 7 inches on your stock Harley-Davidson. And so that large neck now has been reduced by length to allow that large wheel to be in its presence. So you still have your full suspension travel. You don't need longer fork tubes. You don't need anything fancy. You buy the neck. You buy uh, your uh, triple trees to go with it. Cut it, weld it, put it together. Put your bike back together. You're ready to roll. And it steers. Like, right. And I'm so ha- I'm so happy that Metzler came out with their new tire because the 26 inch mm-hmm. Metzler tire makes that bike feel like a stock freaking bike. Thank you for saying that. We've had that discussion so many times. And um, very nice tire. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of builders have come on and 
and they say that 26 is their perfect size tire. We've had maybe a third of the builders come on and say that they absolutely love riding a 30. But 26, with the three tire options that are out now, like you said, Metzler is top of the line. Um, guys, it, it really is. I, I mean, you don't think until you actually ride one. We let a lot of people come into the shop and actually ride a 26 we have here so that you will know, so that you can feel it and know that it, it does ride really, really well. So I really appreciate whenever you guys come on and, and back us up on that and, and agree. Um, we have a question really quick that came off of Facebook from Bob Ellis. He wants to know, Chris, if you went to school or did you apprentice under someone? How did you learn to do everything that you do? I was 16 years old and I paid somebody to do cylinder head work on my Honda and they didn't put oil and water in my motor and it blew up a mile from their shop and they told me it was my fault. So oh, wow. I I started saving money and buying tools and I would look to see how much somebody would charge me to do something and if it cost me $1000 to do something and it was pay somebody and it was $500 in parts I would buy those parts I'd spend 250 or $300 on tools I would try to do it myself and if I screwed it up, I had a couple hundred bucks to beg somebody to help me. But as far as welding and fabrication and all that general stuff, I've I've learned it all on my own. And I've I've got some guidance in the mechanic end of things, uh, building race motors and um, uh, some some general chassis geometry and chassis fab when it comes to race cars and rock crawlers. But um, for the most part, I'm self-taught and the majority of what I do, I just... Have, I'm a tool whore. I buy a lot of tools, and mm-hmm. I love stuff, and I love learning. So I just, like, I bury myself in something. I get as much information as I can, and I try it. I mean, all you can do okay. is mess stuff up, and then you learn from your mistakes. All right. Um, again, guys, if you're listening and you've called in, if you have a question that you want to ask on air, if you'll press 1 on your phone, Press the number one so that I can see that you have a question. Um, while we're talking about your skill set and how you learned everything that you do, will you tell us what are you what are you good at? Like if somebody asked you what are what are your strong points and what are your weaker points? How do you what do you feel are your strong and weak points? I would definitely say that the the stronger group of what I do as far as fabrication in general. Um, I'm definitely a suspension, chassis, hard parts, engineering kind of guy before I'm anything mm-hmm. else. My my passion is sheet metal. I love shaping sheet metal, um, but I'm a big chess player. Everything I do is just a lot of thought. But I I, I love building car and, and off-road suspension and building bike frames is just brainless fun for me. But yeah, I, I love doing suspension and chassis fab. All right. Very cool. Um, We have a question. Let me pull up here and see. Um, This is a caller from 773, and I don't know off the top of my head where that is. Are you there with us? How you doing? Hi. You're live on Wide Open Radio. Who is this? This is uh, Chuck from DA Performance. (laughs) Well, hey, Chuck. You just texted me. (laughs) When do you go on? (laughs) (laughs) What's up? Oh, nothing. I'm just enjoying the snow out here. I, I can't believe that. No, I haven't seen you guys. <laughs> I, I saw you and Aaron both post. Aaron posted that, and I was like, you know what? Uh, it's 75 degrees and sunny with no clouds in the sky here. It's awesome. <laughs> I know. Same here in Florida. I've been seeing you guys with your snow, and it's insane. 
Yeah, no, well, anyways, I just wanted to call in and say how much I uh, appreciate uh, Chris and all he does for everybody. He's always uh, always willing to help out anybody. He's just a really good guy. Very cool. That's all I just wanted to say that. Oh, Very cool. How are, how are things going at DA? Uh, bad. We're swamped. And uh, they're a little overworked here. But besides that, it's all good. No no complaints. Good. All recovered Better from Daytona? Better be busy and behind. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Very cool. Mm. All right, well, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I actually you. got I, Pete I... to drive me back to the airport. So, I mean, if it wasn't for Pete, I probably wouldn't have got home. There you go. <laughs> That's funny. All right, you guys get back to your interview. I just wanted to call him say right. hello. Yeah. How great he is. Thanks, Thanks yeah. for calling in. I, I called Later, and heckled guys. you a little, too, so I guess I deserve it. Later. <laughs> Later. Bye. All right, now we have another question from Jennifer Miller. Uh, this one's from Facebook also. She wants to know um, if you guys have any – she said that she saw the Geico builds. Again, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. She wants to know if you have any new builds that haven't been released yet that you can give us a sneak, little sneak peek or hint about. <laughs> no. that's why they hadn't been released yet you get to see it as you see it i mean there's a lot of things we have under our skirt so to say but uh we have we've got some really fun stuff coming at us this year we're looking at um sturgis and sema to release a couple of bikes that are a play off of what we did for geico but uh they're specific to um, a particular group of clientele that are are working with us to try to make them happen. So I can't they disclose anything yet, but you'll see <laughs> a very tasteful vintage spin on some of what we've done for Geico. Well, that was a little bit of a hint. I like that there's a vintage spin. I can't wait to see that. It's funny because people don't understand unless they're in the shops every day and know how serious these customers are about keeping their stuff under wraps. Um, I've got I stuff just, under blankets in the shop. Yeah, yeah, and I had to. Seriously. I, I got a look of death today whenever I let somebody go back to the bathroom. But the the only way to the bathroom is to go through the shop. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got I've got three builds in the shop in particular that I want nobody to see. I've got one build in particular that's for a wonderful dealer of ours. Um, won't discuss any details, obviously, but his project is so top secret that when you guys see it in uh, Sturgis this year, everybody's going to be a little bit blown away. And it's something that he's been planning for a while, and I'm just completely glad that he's chosen us to be a part of it. And uh, it's one of the projects in the shop that if I see anybody walk through the door, I'm like running over to it, throwing blankets <laughs> over it, and they're looking at me like I'm crazy, and I'm like, you can't come over here. <laughs> People yeah. ask if they, oh, yeah. can I take a picture of this bike or whatever? And I'm like, uh, looking around, I'm like, okay, at this angle, and that's it. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't want you to see anything in the background. <laughs> yep, it's so funny because so many builders out there post every step of the way on their builds. And halfway through the build, you already know exactly what they're going to be bringing out in a month or two. And we're, fun. we're funny about it here. I, I don't post anything until right when we actually unveil it. So I totally get it. Um, I Again, if anybody, we've got a whole list of callers here. So, guys, if you are on the phone listening and you have a question, if you'll press 1 on your phone, that will allow me to see that you have a question and I can bring you on air. So, again, if you're listening, just press 1 on the phone. Um, let's talk about Geico. 
Chris, you guys had a, a killer deal, obviously, with Geico. I don't know any details, but I know that the bikes look amazing. So tell us about the whole deal with them. Chris is the one responsible for the relationship that is Geico, and I thank him wholeheartedly for bringing us the lack of sleep, the loss <laughs> of family time, and the damage to our physical health that turned into what we <laughs> produced for Geico. Um it it it's a, it was a very trying deal for us physically, mentally, and uh, from a manufacturing standpoint, we approached this with the thought that we would absolutely make something that nobody else is making. And Chris and I had discussed it prior to ever approaching the project, and it evolved, and we decided that this is exactly what we're doing. He came to me and he said, Moose, uh, by the way... <laughs> this is his favorite thing. He walks in the shop and he goes, hey, man, we're going to do this. And he already knows he asked me to do like a hundred other things. Mm-hmm. And the timelines don't change. And there's no extra time. And he says right away, I'm sorry, but I'm going to make you do this. And so we get <coughs> together and we decided that we'd pull the trigger on what we were going to do for Geico, but it was what we've been wanting to do. For ourselves, Chris had discussed it numerous times with me, and what we basically did was create a conversion for your touring bike so that you take mm-hmm. your bagger and you remove your saddlebags, your saddlebag rails, your rear frame section, and you receive a brand new rear frame section that accommodates one of two different body components, whether it look like a soft tail or a cafe. Your core is the same and so you're able to unbolt and bolt these two different fenders on the back of your bike you have a brand new swing arm and a mono shock set up so you can run air or no air and you can convert your touring bike from a touring bike to a cafe to a soft tail back to a in a matter of hours so once the conversion is done you'll be able to use all three body components paint them all the same and you can have whichever bike you want whenever you want it. And it was just something that we knew had to be done because we feel that the touring bike industry has seen a revival and you got all these guys out there doing stunts and stuff and they're starting to use baggers and get away from their Dynas and FXRs a little bit. And it's funny because we said, you know what, guys are going to really get back into the performance of their bikes. And they have Mm -hmm. been. And so we, we really played on that. And Chris made an excellent decision to pull the trigger and made uh, a bunch of decisions on what we're going to do styling wise and he basically goes like this with his finger in the his, in the air and he goes this this <laughs> this and this and I go uh-huh uh-huh and then I just <laughs> I'm back there making it happen but at the same time he for days and days and days and days him and I stayed here night after night just almost falling asleep as we're making every individual part for these bikes with again manufacturing in mind we wanted this to be something that was a producible part so this is something yeah. that uh, we we pre-released basically for Geico, and uh, we're working on the full production units, and uh, we already have patents in place for this component. So we're ahead of the game when it comes to that, and we're looking at uh, uh, looking at giving you know information on our actual production dates probably within the next couple of weeks. Awesome. Well, you know what? You guys totally killed it on those builds. I mean. 
I love the one with the cafe tail. I just think that it has a totally different look to it. Both of the bikes have a very industrial feel to them, which I love. Um, and you totally killed it. But I should have known. I haven't really looked into it that much. I haven't put a lot of thought into it. But you saying this, I didn't realize that that was going to be in production. So this is an actual kit that people can buy and do their own bikes like this. This is a future. manufactured kit, correct. We've already, nice. I've already spent countless hours on the computer to actually make the manufactured parts. So I've got a CNC plasma and a press brake and all these fun things in the shop that um, I've put in place so that we could make sure that when we do something like this, it's not just a bracket I made a paper template out of and I cut it and like welded it and go, well, that's good enough. No, I've got logs mm-hmm. of computer files on every single thing that we've done. And um, we real fortunate to uh, have acquired recently uh, Bailey Industrial Fixture Table that really helps us dedicate exacting geometry to what we do. So we have some great fixturing and that really makes sure that everything that we do is just as precise as possible. And we have taken what we made for these two bikes. We've cataloged it. We've patented it already. So we're working on the final production models right now. And like I said, we're looking to do release uh, for what will be our production builds for SEMA and Sturgis this year. Um, But those products we're looking at probably three weeks, four weeks, we will finally be able to do an official press release and give production dates on those parts because there are so many components available with that kit that we have to make sure mm-hmm. that we can lock down all of those individual things before we dedicate ourselves to the community. Okay. Now, whenever you mentioned earlier, when you first started talking about this, when you mentioned that you can transform your touring bike in a few hours, is that your normal everyday Joe, or is that somebody who's in a shop every day? No, doing that's that the experience time? guy. <laughs> so yeah. let's just say you're the average the Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, throw it back at me. So if you're the average Joe and you're just really handy with tools and you're really willing to bury yourself in it, we're, we are trying and we do with everything we do, um, welding excluded, which this is a non-welding kit. This is a bolt-on kit. So with everything that we make, we want it to be as user-friendly as possible. We really try to dumb things down. We look at assembly within the production part and we try to think – okay, if this is being applied, what's the flaw in the application on the dumbest level? Because we want the most average person to be able to say, I can do that. I have tools. You know, I've been to Sears and I bought that 136-piece kit or whatever it is. So that's the the point behind this product is we're going to make it to where it's the turnkey component to where wiring aside because – it does include also, by the way, which people think, oh, it's got this little bitty battery in there. No, it has a full-size battery in it. So okay. this isn't something where you've suffered from reducing the capacity of your electrical system. You'll be able to convert the entire system over bolt-on with your hand tools and some wiring. I would say average Joe in a weekend, advanced average Joe. Okay. Take note, guys. A lot of people out there, everyday Joes, they think that they are a lot handier than they are. (laughs) That's okay. It's okay to be dangerous (laughs) and ambitious. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
So um, we have another question on Facebook. Uh, Kevin McDonald wants to know what's the deal with the toothpicks. <laughs> I knew that was coming too. So in regards to the toothpicks for all of the people that are listening, I do have a giveaway and I want to include this in the answer. Okay. So I have a really big snap-on toolbox. I keep toothpicks on top of my toolbox. And somewhere on social media, there is a picture of toothpicks on my toolbox. The quantity of those toothpicks has not changed from that picture. So first person to reply to that picture on that social media, I will call it Instagram, with the right amount of toothpicks gets a hat and a shirt. But the thing is, is um, when I first got with Chris, the first Sturgis build we did was Al's uh, gold CVO, which uh, Mm has got the uh, Mad Wheels copper and black 30 on it. So there was this cup of freaking toothpicks sitting back there, and there were those rainbow-colored little short ones. And Cole, Chris's uh-huh. son, he hands them to me, and I'm like, where'd you get these? And he didn't even know. But it was just <laughs> random shot glass of freaking toothpicks, and Chris had no idea either. And it's just something I do to keep myself busy. And it started with those little bitty ones, but I have a mustache, so I buy the really long Dixie ones. <laughs> so they don't get tangled up in my mustache. And ever since then, it's just been a fixture. I I just chew on them to think. I don't smoke or anything anymore, so I just do that to keep myself busy, I guess. Gotcha. I figured that was the answer, but I didn't know so many people were going to be so concerned about it. <laughs> you must yeah, that I get the question a lot, a lot actually. <laughs> I had to get asked a whole lot. We did the biker build-off for Discovery and built element 13 and they were like can you um spit that toothpick out and everybody in the room looked at the guys that asked that question they said no no he's not he's not doing that (laughs) so we had had to make a rule that i keep it on the left side of my mouth the whole time we filmed just to make them happy for consistency how strange (laughs) that's funny um all right i have a question for you since you've been a part of Misfit, what's your favorite project that you've been a part of, Chris? Favorite project that I've been a part of? Mm-hmm. This is going to sound so corny. It's not even a motorcycle. <clears throat> so the favorite okay. project that I've been a part of is the relationship that I've grown to know Chris and his kids and and the people that work with us and the growth of the business. It's not the bikes. Very cool. It's not... It's it's nothing we make. It's nothing we build with our hands. It's the relationship we have with each other and, and what we do to keep each other accountable and, and move forward and, like, appreciate each other and do business because, to me, that's better than anything we make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to know that people are dealing with people who love going into work every day, love what they do, love the people that they're around, those are the kind of people I want to do business with, you know, and I feel like people who aren't in that position are really missing out because like you said, that the people you work with can either be the worst part of your day or the best part of the day. So you might as well make it the they're best bo- part. They're both. They're both. Yeah. You just have to know what time of day to talk to them. <laughs> I hear you on that. <laughs> Funny. So, um, if I asked you, Chris, what your favorite tool in the shop is, what is that? Your absolute well, favorite thing to work with. Absolute favorite tool. <coughs> mm-hmm. 
That's a tie. But I recently purchased a CNC plasma table that I've been wanting for 15 years. So buying that wow. is just like top for me as far as tools. But if that didn't exist, it's my my sheet metal hammers. I'm really particular about them. I don't like people touching them. Okay. All right. You have a lot of those. I've got about six hammers. <laughs> Nice. I don't. I don't like. I see somebody <laughs> reach over there to grab one, and I'm like staring at him with the evil eye, waiting to see them hit something inappropriately. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, we're good. Uh, all right. If if we wanted to take a look inside your garage, Chris, what does your personal collection involve? <laughs> what do I personally own, project-wise, or what does my personal yeah. garage look like? No. <laughs> uh, my dad, my my dad, right? Because I closed my hot rod shop two years ago, so I could dedicate myself full time to Misfit. And my garage looks like a really condensed version of my hot rod shop. So <clears throat> I currently have a '49 Ford Coupe uh, with a 400 horsepower 351 Windsor that my dad and I own. Uh, it's a really Very neat cool. car, and I personally own motorcycle wise a 2012 Road King, and Joey kind of beat me to the punch on this little wheel bagger laid out action, Yeah. but he had previous knowledge of my bike, so I'm going to slap him a little bit on the backside of his hand, but I've got a lay frame Uh-oh. 23, I got a lay frame 23 Road King that I'll be finishing this year that's, um, it's all choloed out and freaking yeah. got 12 inch apes and spokes and white walls and you know, it'll be painted up and paneled and flaked and all that fun stuff. So I've got that. And then the truck I just bought is 2016 GMC. I'm building it for SEMA this year. Bagged and bodied on 28s and 30s. Kicker audio, house of color. Uh, good hemp. Hicks is doing my interior. Super good friend of mine. So just I got a bunch of mm-hmm. things on the board. But those are those are mine. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and I got to tell you, you got a lot of balls for actually putting a timeline on your own build because any of you guys listening, if you're in the industry, you know that your stuff comes last. So I'm sure you're listening to you say that you're, you're going to have it finished sometime this year. And I'm like, man, my bike that we're doing right now has been sitting (laughs) against the wall for about 16 months now in rolling chassis form. Okay. (laughs) My road King's been sitting on the same lift for an entire year. And I think I've touched it twice. So at least it's I know not the a feeling. List, it gives you hope. <laughs> I get to look at it when I walk to and from my work area. But no, with the yep. FEMA gig, I it it's a it's a there's a lot of contract behind it. So with that project, I have to get that rolling. And and the bike that we're building yeah. to to go with my truck is one of our cafe builds actually. So um, we're okay. building that to debut in Sturgis to go with my truck at SEMA. Very cool. So you've mentioned SEMA, Sturgis. Um, we know we can see you guys there. Are you guys going to make an appearance out in Arizona? Do you have any other big shows lined up for us to check you guys I, out? There's a list of uh, events that are currently being discussed with the GEICO builds, and Chris is going to be doing some appearances uh, for the sake of GEICO and the business relationship that we have with them. Um, Mm -hmm. we have not set all those in stone. Uh, currently I know that our biggest focus at this point post Daytona is always Sturgis. So we, we just have, I personally have eight frames in the shop that I have to build 
and four of those are full builds for the shop, and one of those is a very special build. So, um, and then okay. there's always customers throwing stuff at us. So between now and Sturgis, we've right. got our hands full. I hear you. Now you guys are always you're going to be in Galveston, also, right? Galveston every year. Galveston, yeah, Texas so like show. Can't miss it. Mm-hmm. One of the best business shows for us. We get builds out of that show. We sell some retail down there. It's the best relationship that we have with the general public. Um, oddly enough, of all the shows that we go to, and it's in our home state, so we can't refuse to go to it. Yeah, and it's a ton of fun. If you guys haven't been to Galveston for Lone Star Rally, you're missing out because that's my favorite. It's kind of the ending point of the year because Daytona mm-hmm. happens in October, and then Galveston is November, and then everybody kind of hibernates for a little bit, or all the people up north, we don't really have to, but so it's kind of the ending point I'll as far as it. rallies. <laughs> I, I, I personally will, will miss it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll be on. I'll be on the highway back from SEMA with the uh, two uh, bikes and uh, my truck. So I'll miss it because yeah. I'll be traveling the weekend of the show, and they'll be down there for sure. We've we've got a couple of clients that are looking to debut a couple of bikes down there, and mm-hmm. um, we'll have our. Uh, I believe we'll have one of our Sturgis builds down there as well, along with everything else okay. we normally carry with us. All right. It kind of stinks the way that uh, SEMA and Lone Star have been overlapping a little bit as far as everybody's travel and stuff goes. So I know a lot of people have to pick and choose. Yeah. Um, You mentioned retail sales in Galveston. I want to talk a little bit about retailing your parts. You guys have a a deal with Drag Specialties now. So tell us a little bit about that. That's correct. That is a relationship that Chris has been developing over quite some time. And, um, you know, through his due diligence and, and the honesty, integrity that we carry throughout our business, he has um, dedicated himself to making that happen. And because of him, we currently have a huge line item group available through Drag, drag Specialties. Um, they're carrying a lot of our, our footboards and controls and stuff like that. They carry all of our sheet metal products. And, you know, one of the products that we have that is really a keystone of our business is our short neck product. And currently, Drag Specialties believes in the product that we manufacture enough that it is the only product like it that they carry. And so because of that, they decided to take our short neck product into their catalog. And they are extremely interested and looking forward to the official release date for all of our bolt-on rear sections. So I bet uh, they are. You can definitely find all those products on Drag Specialties. Our exhaust is super popular through Drag Specialties. It's probably our number one item. Uh, it's really hard to keep up with production on our exhaust. Um, it's definitely something that uh, we try to stay on top of. Okay. So for shop owners out there and people building their own bikes, can they can they buy directly through you guys if they're a dealer and buy through drag, depending on who carries which parts or how what's the best way for people to get parts from you guys? Best way to get parts from us directly is to call the shop or get a hold of us through www.misfitmademotorcycles.com. dot com. Um okay. You can get a hold of us there. A lot of our dealers look at, there's always, you're familiar. We get this, oh, my God, I have to have it right now or this guy's walking. And it's like, <laughs> who can get it to me fastest? So there are yeah. products that we carry in within drag specialties that are available maybe, maybe not faster than mm-hmm. one or the other. And so some of our dealers will make that decision. But ultimately, 
you can get a hold of us through our website and call one of the guys here at the shop. They'll take care of you, no problem. Okay. And I'll make sure to post uh, links to your website and everything on the Wide Open Radio page so people will have that to reference. Um, is there anything else that we've not talked about that we need to talk about? Not that I can think of. There's a million things to talk about, but that's nothing like SD wise. <laughs> okay. Um, so, guys, remember the giveaway that Chris was generous enough to offer. Tell us the tell us the stipulations on that again. What do they need to do? Stipulations on that are within my <laughs> Instagram social media are the <laughs> volume of toothpicks and the top drawer of my tooth bo- to- <laughs> toolbox. <laughs> and the first person to comment on that post will receive a hat and a shirt. Very cool. So if you guys want some Misfit swag, make sure you check that out. I'll post details to that as well. Um, I want to tell you thank you so much, Chris, for coming on. I really enjoyed our conversation. And uh, I hope our listeners were able to learn a lot about you and the company. I know that you mentioned a few things that I wasn't aware of before. So um, I always like whenever I can learn a lot more about my guests whenever I have them on. So thank you for coming on and then almost an entire hour with us. Yeah, no problem. And, you know, one of the things I want to stress the most with anybody that's looking to be a component within any industry, it doesn't even have to apply to motorcycle industry, is there's always somebody within what it is that you're interested in that has interest in you and genuinely. And if you can find Mm -hmm. that person and apply yourself in order to satisfy them and have a mutual relationship that makes it flourish, it's really important that you focus on being honest and doing those things. And Chris is the person that I'm gracious enough to be, you know, relative to business-wise that has brought me into this industry. And it's it's opened my eyes to something that I just was never involved with before and will always be a part of me. And I thank him for that. And there's there's somebody out there like that for every person willing to take that step and become something new that they aren't already. And it's there. And, and as long as you work hard, and and you're honest, and you love what you do, you can always do better. And, I mean, you know, God willing, the sky's the limit. Very cool. I I always like to ask people what is your advice to people coming up in the industry, and that's a really good piece of advice. Um, Chris, before we go, do you have time for a question? It looks like we have one more phone call. Sure. Okay. All right, this is from a 617 area code. Uh, you're live on Wide Open Radio. Who are we talking to? Are you there? They're gone. Uh-oh. Hi, can you hear All me? Right. Yeah. Okay, hi, Chris. It's Joe Corso. How are you? Yeah, I assume that. <laughs> I can tell by the accent. <laughs> <laughs> How you been? I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, not bad. So, um... I would love to be more involved in the next one of these, and I hope that uh, we can get more going. I, it, this is awesome. I mean, it, it's it's impossible to ever get to meet everyone, and you go to these rallies, you do 2,000, 4,000 miles, you dump thousands of dollars getting there, you come back with great friendships and relationships, and then you don't get to see each other for another year. It's like an Italian wedding or a funeral. And, um <laughs> It's great in so many ways because after seven days in any of these rallies, it's too much with any one of us. But I don't know. This is nice. And what we were talking about, you know, if we can dig into some other ways to actually get some some ways to see each other and maybe even concepts down the road. 
You know, I mean, Joe, Joe was mentioning maybe on, you could produce a live video feed for your show. Exactly. You know, and and get this oh, more of like you, a YouTube. Yeah. You know, live yeah, ongoing no. and. Yeah, that's but, something that I've I've been interested in. I think that um, I've had a few people say that. I need to figure out exactly what the best way, the most efficient way to do that. Do you have a suggestion? Uh, I have a, a few. I've spent 18 years <laughs> reading about all this crap in IT. So, yeah, we can talk about it. Okay. Joe's yeah. yeah. smart guy. He's got good solutions. Go. Yeah, okay. a lot of different ways, but. Again, I mean, I, I just okay. hope that we can, um, you know, kind of get more people involved next time. Yeah, yeah, no, she, I, I definitely agree. You, you have I, quite a bit of viewership. What What are you you doing? Uh, quite a bit of viewership, even on the international level. I've I heard you discuss this recently, the development of how many people were involved when you first got started versus the the listenership that you have now. Um, I can't yeah. remember what episode that was, but you were discussing that recently. I thought. Yeah, it's crazy because here's the here's the deal. I started out on FM radio, and that was about five and a half years ago. In big markets, I hit the Chattanooga, Atlanta, Nashville markets, and then whenever I moved to Florida, I was in the Orlando, Tampa market. But the thing with FM radio is you have no way really to tell how many people are listening. So before internet radio and podcasts were really popular, I kind of was a little – preemptive and wanted to move that direction but advertisers and guests were kind of sketchy about it because oh I don't know how to do that I saw ahead of time how valuable it could be I just didn't know how to get it across finally I made the move about a year and a half ago and now it's the coolest thing I mean I can go on right now I can see how many people are listening I know exactly how many people are on the phone listening how many people are on the internet I know how they click through to get to it there's so many different pieces of analytics and and stats and everything that I can look at um, so now I know I mean I can look at the at the listenership tomorrow and know that we'll probably have about between 25 and 30,000 live listeners and then in the first 30 days, Chris, we'll probably – usually I have about that many over the next 30 days who listen to the podcast. So within 30 days, we'll end up probably having about sixty to 65,000 people who have heard this episode. That's awesome. I'm Kinda normally crazy. one of the podcast listeners because I work late on Thursdays. Like I said, I don't have the kids. My beautiful uh-huh. fiancé works late, so I'm here at the shop, and I'm making way too much noise to hear the radio. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The podcast is really cool. We've mentioned before how you guys can uh, add us on iTunes. You can listen whenever you're not even around the Internet, like if you're on a plane or whatever. I know we were joking with Doug Magoon. He said that he was listening on his way to somewhere in Asia somewhere. But um, it's a really cool concept, and I'm glad that people are starting to come around to it. And um, I'm trying to make it as easy as possible for everybody. Uh, by posting the links and stuff, but if any of you guys have suggestions on how to make it more accessible and easier to understand, I'm all ears because if we're reaching this many people right now, the easier I can make it, the bigger our listenership is going to get, the better it's going to be for the guests as far as their exposure whenever they come on. So um, definitely if you have suggestions about how to do some kind of live stream or something like that, um, do you know how to get in touch with me? I oh, don't know. No. Okay. Yeah, I don't actually. I'll forward okay, this. Okay. Can you? Okay. Cool. Yeah. 
yeah, because I'd love to talk to you and see what your ideas are. But, um, yeah, we should have a lot of people listening. Um, I still have a list of Facebook questions, but I'm I'm going to – no, I am going to give you one more. Sorry. Um, what Fine. is your – what is your favorite event to attend as far as motorcycle events? What do you think is, is the biggest event with the most talent? I mean, I hate to say it, but it's the truth. Sturgis is probably my favorite event because it's beautiful country and it gives me an opportunity to see all the faces, you know, like Joe was saying, you see all the faces that you do business with all year long. Now me, I get stuck in a parking lot for a couple of weeks and I stand there and people come to me, which (laughs) is just fine because I still get to see them. But when it comes to if I decide to break away and I could actually have time to go do something, there's beautiful countryside there and the relationships Mm -hmm. with the the dealer network and the friends that I have within the industry, it's all right there. And so there's just numerous events over a week and a half, two weeks that we all get to experience together. And it's just like a homecoming, you know, I Mm -hmm. I love Sturgis. It's an amazing event. That's a good way to put it. It is like a homecoming because the entire who's who of the motorcycle industry is there. And it's that one central place that we all go every year, same time. We all know exactly where everybody's going to be hanging out and where their booths are. And it's, it's really a good time. So I've heard a lot of people, well, and, uh, a lot of our it, say that they've never been. And, I, and I'm like, it, you got to go. That's the place. And I, I don't get to see so many different people within other components within the motorcycle industry that I, I recently have become acquainted with and great friends with. I mean, like Darren McCaig, works for cycle source and the dude is just this blessed individual is super awesome and it's like i'm so glad i get to see him when i go to sturgis because otherwise i don't see him all year (laughs) you know it's like it's it's a beautiful outreach to be able to see the people that you don't get the time to spend with the rest of the year yeah Definitely, definitely. So that's a good answer. Sturgis is usually everybody's favorite. Um, Joe, I want to tell you really quickly, thank you for calling in. I really appreciate thank it. You. And um, I'll I'll make sure that I get in touch with you somehow, okay? All right, thank you. Talk to you soon. All right, All right thanks. All right, Chris, I think that we're going to wrap it up. Um, again, I really, really appreciate you coming on. Um, I think that the listeners are really going to love it. We've had some people say that, uh, they're already looking forward to the podcast. They weren't able to listen to the live show tonight. So uh, I will be posting a link to the podcast. It's actually the same link. You guys should should know that. It's the same link that I post for the live show. You use that same link for the podcast. So it makes it easier. Um, Chris, I'll post links to everything, all of the uh, website, social media stuff, and to the contest that we're doing. I have one more thing. And I have one more thing. Oh, what? I have one okay. more thing. I have one more thing. Right. Okay, remember <laughs> – I decided to put a piece up for auction today. Oh, yes. I'm so glad you remember that. That is important. I want it. I'm staring at it right now. So in 2011, okay. a friend of mine's child was born with a congenital heart defect and had to have open heart surgery. He came to me and he said, hey, man, I know you do metal stuff, and I want to make, like, these metal hearts out of scrap metal. Do you have, like, scrap pieces I can make these hearts out of? And I'm like, uh, I don't have time, but, yeah, this is – this is what we can do. And he was like, man, that's awesome. And instantly I was like, dude, I have to do something. And I made this piece and we took it to this sports charity auction and it had all these ex Dallas Cowboys and cheerleaders and stuff at it. And nobody bid on it. It was a zero reserve, zero introductory auction, silent auction. Uh. And nobody bid on this piece. And it was heartbreaking. So, 
Yeah. I again put it in a a art gallery for a year with a bio that stated that it would be 100% donated to children's charities, and I put a price on it, which is less than what it's going for now. Because I think that uh, I think Joey Hensley's up to $1,650 now. <clears throat> Big and, baller. I know. That's what I said. <laughs> and uh, with a little kissy face. So uh-huh. um, I decided the other day that this was an opportunity for me to put it somewhere where it could be ever present and people see it. And I really want it to help. I want it to do good. Um, talk to James. James is just an amazing soul. I love the dude to death. Mm-hmm. Around Christmas time, um, I decided that I'd get involved and we'd do a couple skateboards and I still have a, a, a metal fab skateboard that I haven't done, but because of Daytona, but I saw this in my house and I've had it for years and I said, this has got to go. So I want everybody to go to the art for the cure, Kaylee's art for the cure website or uh, Facebook page. And I want them to look at it, share it, whatever. And I want it to make big money and I want it to be for the right thing because originally I made this with the intent to help kids. And it means the world to me that that would be what it does. Yeah. Yeah, and it's beautiful, guys. If you've not seen it, I posted I posted a sneak peek earlier on one of the wide open pages, and then I posted all the pictures on the other wide open page. Um, it's been on the Kaylee's Art for the Cure page. Um, you got to check it out. There's a few pictures, and it's such a cool just statue, I guess. What do you call it? Uh, I mean, it, it's just okay. an assembly that – so there's a little – there's a little treat that goes with it that nobody's ever seen before. And I'm going to post a video of it probably tomorrow because I have to change its assembly. So this is made where you can take all the gears and put them to where they mesh. And there's a handle that goes hmm. in the bottom of it and you can turn it and all the gears rotate. So originally when I built this, <clears throat> the thought behind the gears and the hand operation was that without anybody's, without anybody reaching out and giving a hand, nothing happens. And so with that one Mm -hmm. person's input, it affects so many people. And so you put your hand out and you turn the crank and it affects all these gears and everything moves and comes to life. And so that was kind of the the thought behind it. It's a great analogy. Listen to you all sensitive. My mom taught me, right? Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. No, I I love it. And I know it's going to bring big money. Um, a lot of people have already been sharing it and uh, good for you, Joey, for putting some money out there for it. It's all going to a great cause. And uh, we love doing anything we can to help this whole nonprofit that's come together. Um, If you guys haven't, haven't at least shared something, a lot of people say, Oh, I can't give, I I can't afford to. That's fine. Not everybody can, but you're giving by sharing and, and passing that opportunity on to other people. So if nothing else, just share, share it, share the page, share uh, what Chris has up for, for auction and uh, help us get the word out. I know we're going to try to do the and same I've, thing. I've had friends so, message me that just said, Hey, I'm just, can I donate money? Just cause they, they're like, man, I can't afford that. Can I just give money? Yep. You know, so I'm just that visibility. People are like, what can I do to help? I got 25 bucks. You know, yeah. Guy that built my carburetors yeah. for my hot rods. That's what he said. He's like, I want to give you twenty five bucks. It's what I got right now. I was like, Yeah, do that's it. Cool. That's cool. And there is, like I said, a complete nonprofit that's been formed with 
um, several names that you guys all know. We've talked about it on the show before. And, uh, Chris, you just mentioned James Patience, and he's been a huge part of this, and he is a great guy. Um, and he's putting a lot of time and effort into this. So um, I, I'm excited to see what comes of that. And I know that what you put up today, Chris, is going to bring big money for that whole foundation. So thank you for Maybe doing that. Maybe not the biggest money, but big money indeed. <laughs> big money, yes. All right. I'm glad you remembered that. I almost forgot. So um, anything else we're forgetting? Mm, <laughs> not that I can remember other than the fact that I love my daughter, Brooklyn, my other daughter, Cameron. I love my beautiful fiance, Michelle, and I appreciate you having me on air. Listen to that. That's awesome. That is so awesome. All right. So um, hopefully they're listening and they got to hear that or else they can at least listen to the podcast because that's, that's pretty podcast. cool. Podcast. They've got so. headphones. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, all right, well, guys, this has been Chris Moose from Misfit Industries. We've learned a whole lot about Chris as an individual. We've learned a lot about Misfit, the company. And uh, I will make sure to share all of the links that we've discussed on the show tonight on the Wide Open Radio page. Remember, if you miss any of the shows, you can always catch the podcast on WideOpenRadioShow.com. Full website there with all of the podcasts from pretty much the last year are all listed there. So easy access to those, wideopenradioshow.com. And I want to thank our main sponsor once again, Raw Edge Custom Paint, uh, all custom motorcycle paint. Uh, check them out online, uh, rawedge.com. You can see links to them on our website as well. Uh, it's been another great show, guys, and we're going to be back with you next week. And I have to tell you guys, we have some more amazing guests coming up in the future. So uh, stay tuned to hear all about them And uh, for all of you who are going to be heading out to Arizona Bike Week, travel safely. Um, You're going to have the time of your life, and I hope I get to see some of you guys out there. If not, remember, I'll post plenty of pictures and videos and things like that so you guys can at least feel like you're out there having fun with us and you can see everything that's happening. So uh, we'll be back with you guys again next week. Everybody have a great week, and thanks again to Chris Moose from Misfit Industries. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Chris.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.